There's a lot of hand sanitizer in church. Anybody notice that? I don't know. At my church, they have these two hand sanitizer stations right by the front door greeters. That is not a good message. People come in on Sunday. How you doing? Nice to see y'all. It's good to see you. Thanks for coming. You're going to love it here. We just love people. You can just be yourself. You can just be yourself. We don't care. We don't judge you. We just love. You sit back and whatever questions you have, you let us know. We'll let you know whatever we can do for you, okay? Y'all newly married? You got four kids? Four kids. That is amazing. God love. We love kids here. Kids are like a little gift from God is what they are. They are just wonderful little creatures that God gives us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where are y'all from? Arkansas? Okay. There's some mints in the basket. Grab a handful, you circus freaks. Go ahead. Well, I would say, yes, you probably shouldn't do that when you're coming into church, but I don't think anybody would blame you if you did it right now, right? Um, I, you know, I just thought that would be a light way to kind of get things started today. Um, I have to tell you, if you've read the front of your bulletin or your program or whatever you want to call it, and it says uncomfortable church and it's got a scripture there and it's all wonderful, guess what? We're not going to talk about any of that today. Okay, so why? And, 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 and the reason is really simple. The reason is this, is because of the situations we're dealing with now um, and because, honestly, um, me and God had a fight yesterday. Um, we didn't have a fight, but, but he rewrote everything. Uh, he kind of um, he laid it on my heart. This wasn't what we were supposed to talk about this week. Maybe we'll talk about it next week, maybe the week after. Maybe it just wasn't supposed to happen at all. But this week, we're going to talk about something different. Um, so... Where the scripture that I'm led to is in Acts chapter 1. And there's no slides, there's no notes, there's no nothing. Why? Because he changed it all yesterday. Okay? And I really felt like we needed to hear from the Word of God at this time. I know I need to not move forward too much because I, I move a lot. Have you noticed that? So, um, it's the hardest part of this new sound system is I can't, if I have to stand back there, you're going to have to chain me to the podium to make me stand. All right, so in Acts chapter 1, we see this, this scenario where the, the people of God have been following Jesus Christ closely for the last three and a half years, right? They have watched him do, they have watched him do miracles. They have watched him save lives. They have watched him change the entire way they look at the world. They have felt his love and his spirit and his presence. And then in the, in the days leading up to this, this passage, that's all been ripped out from under them. They've watched him die, right? They watched their savior, the man they, they believed at the time. I still don't think the disciples had this all figured out until this phrase, until what we're about to see now. I don't think they had it figured out at all. I really do think they misunderstood Jesus Christ and his message all the way to here. All the way to here. But they've had it all ripped out from under them. All their hopes and dreams have been dashed. They've watched him die on a cross. And, and I, don't, I don't know about you, but that's the kind of image I would think you would never get out of your head. It would never go away. 
and they're in this time of just mass uncertainty, right? They don't know what's next. They don't know what's gonna happen. They don't know what they're going to do. They know that their leader has suffered. They also know that everybody around them hates them. And what do they do? Well, in Acts chapter one, Jesus has walked with them. He has come back, which had to be a good thing, right? But it says, and if we begin in verse four, it says, while he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise, which he said, you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. And so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? See, I, this is why I think they still didn't get it, right? They thought it was coming, this, this military coup or this worldly takeover. They really thought, now, 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 now. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. Here they are wondering in this time of uncertainty, what's going to happen next? Is it going to look like what we think it's going to look like? Is it going to be what we think it's going to be? What's going to happen now? And Jesus says what to them? None of your business. That's the first thing he says. Don't worry about that. Say what? For me to know and you to find out, right? Do your parents ever tell you that? No. No. But he does say that. He says, look, look, yes, I know you want certain things to transpire. I know you believe certain things are going to happen. But really what he's trying to say to them, I really believe this, is you're missing the point. The point is not knowing exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and how it's going to happen. And we're sitting in this moment in time where we are watching this, the news stories of this virus that's going around Right? And chances are, truthfully, somebody in this room already has it. That's a chance. Don't start looking around at each other. <laughs> but, but in times of uncertainty, the general human response is fear. The gen- genuine human response is panic, right? I was telling the teens, see, I did it, I did it, Allie. I was telling the teens this morning, they were, they were like, you know, you always bring us up in the sermons. I'm like, well, yeah. But we we're telling the teens this morning, we were talking about a story, and Bobby was talking about it too with me before church, about this guy who drove around, he was in Tennessee. Is that right, Bobby? He's driving around in Tennessee, and he, um, with a box truck, he rented a box truck with a friend, and they drove around at the start of this thing, and they emptied out all the Dollar Generals and little convenience stores of all the sanitary wipes and hand sanitizer and everything else they could, he could. Why do you think he did that? He, he did it to take advantage of fear and panic. Fear and panic. Now, because I believe our God is good, um, he tried to put all those things on Amazon to sell it, and Amazon shut him down within a couple of hours. So now he's sitting on a garage full of hand sanitizer and Clorox wipes that he can't sell. I like to give God credit for these things, right? 
I do, don't we? But the fact that he would do that, I mean, number one is, is so, so broken, right? And it's so broken and so selfish and so messed up. But it's also very much a statement about how human beings react when things are uncertain, when things are scary, when things are not right. And, and the disciples had a decision to make. They had, a, they had, as Jesus came back to them and he said, you're gonna go forth and you're gonna be my disciples, this, this spirit is gonna fall upon you. Each and every one of them had a decision to make. They had a decision to make. Are they gonna go back to Jerusalem and wait for the Spirit? Or are they gonna go back to what they were doing before? Are they gonna go back to what it means to be a human being in this world, not knowing who their Savior is and not being who the Savior is calling them to be? Those choices are never more critical than in times like this. Jesus says in John 8 that he was, he's the light of the world, right? That he's the light of the world, this light that shines in the darkness. But then he goes on in Matthew chapter 5, and he says, you are the light. You are the light too. He says in 5, let's get to Matthew chapter 5. Come on, we're going to turn Bibles today. We're going to get to Matthew chapter 5, and he says, he says, you... I'm going to read it exactly. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Hmm? It says in Matthew 5, beginning in verse 13, it says, You are the light of the earth, the salt of the earth. But if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Okay. It's times like these when we need to be the salt, and the light. Because again, as I was telling the teens this morning, this is the time when people will listen. Many of you were alive during 9-11, right? What happened after 9-11, the week after and the months after? A lot of things happened. But among other things, churches packed to the gills all over the globe. Why? Fear. I'm not saying that we should try to leverage fear or make people feel afraid so they'll come to the Lord. I'm not a big fan of fire and brimstone. You're going to burn in hell, blah, blah, blah. Not a fan of that. But here's the reality. Ecclesiastes says very clearly, you will learn more about life and what it means at a funeral than you ever will at a party. 
And it's because those are the moments, those times when things are not what you believe they should be, when your heart is aching, when you're fearful, when you're concerned, when you're upset, when you're facing loss, it's those times when we actually pause and think about what it all means. It's those times when we pause and think about what the value of life is. It's those times when we think about where our priorities really are and what they really should be. And the truth is, historically, it's the time when the church flourishes. If they're willing to step into the darkness and be the light, if they're willing to be the salt in the midst of a, I don't know, bad, bad analogy, a tasteless, horrible world, that is when we can make the biggest difference in the kingdom. Over the next few weeks and months, I really don't think this is gonna be over for months. In fact, we were just talking this morning that um, most scientists think this is gonna peak in Ohio around the end of April, beginning of May. How many of you were hoping we'd be over in a week or two? Probably not. And in that time, as it gets longer and longer and harder and harder, the panic will probably grow. The anger will probably grow. The frustrations will probably grow. And if we can't have the peace of God and be the people of God in that time, the world will miss out on seeing the glory of God in its very presence. And so what does, that, what does that all mean? It means a couple of things. One, don't be afraid to tell people who your Savior is in the midst of this time. As it says in Peter, don't be, be prepared to give the reason for your hope, Right? Be prepared to do that. This is a time and a place when if you see somebody crying on the side of the road somewhere that we should take the extra minute to stop and talk to them. Because why? Because nobody else will because they're afraid they're gonna get some disease. This should be the time when you're willing to have the courage in your workplace or your school or with your friends or on TikTok or wherever it is you're going to do it to say to them, do you know who Jesus is? While you're busy being scared, while you're busy being hurt, while you're busy worried about the end of all things, let me give you some peace in the midst of that. Let me pray with you. Do you hear what I'm saying? We have, a, we have a mission to do, to be on right now. And quite frankly, it's times like these when it should become clear to us that we are on a mission. It should be clear to us that we're called to be difference makers. It should be clear to us that if we really believe 
that hell is the biggest and scariest thing and not death itself, then shouldn't we be acting like it? That's not an easy thing to do because what is our natural response? Fear, panic, self-preservation. Those are our natural responses. And I'm not saying you should be stupid. I'm not saying you should go, as we were talking about this morning, Ryan Culp was great. He was like, we should go stand in a crowd and tell everybody Jesus is gonna protect us while we're all getting, uh, all y'all are getting sick. Please don't do that. Yes, use hand sanitizer, wash your hands regularly. I think that's part of being responsible and trying to mitigate the suffering of others. That sounds pretty, pretty biblical to me. Yes, take precautions to care for yourself, but, but don't be so shielded that you're hiding your lamp under a bush because then it doesn't give any light. Don't hide the, the saltiness you can provide, the flavor, the, the change, the, the strength of the Lord, the presence of God you can provide to the world because then we've lost our saltiness. We've lost our flavor, and what are we good for then? We're like everybody else. I really believe that's the encouragement this week, to have the courage to be the people of God in a time like this. Because Jesus would go out and he would spend his time with the unclean and the sick and the sinners and all the people that needed love. Where would you find Jesus? With them. That is our call right now, as scary as that is. And we've got opportunities. Barb's got opportunities with daily bread, right? They're beginning to pack lunches and trying to figure out how to help feed families and children in this time. She's already called me yesterday and said, we're gonna do this, we're gonna talk about that, we're talking about that, right? There will be plenty of opportunities in the weeks to come to help with those things. There will be plenty of opportunities to reach out with gifts of grace to begin to talk to women and touch women that are in trauma there will be plenty of opportunities for you to hold the hand of somebody at the grocery store who is broken and fallen because they're out of toilet paper and they feel like it's the end of the world. For them, it is. For them, it's a sign that the world is falling apart. And don't, don't, don't discount or degrade that. That's what they're legitimately feeling. And it's our job to remind them that there is something greater. That's my lesson this week. It's what God had. Be strong and courageous. Be brave. Be his people. Seek opportunities to do it. Don't shield yourself. Don't hide your light. Don't refuse out of fear be brave. Because what happens when you trust in Jesus? What happens to your fear? Has, doesn't stand a chance. Man, it's almost like God lined that up. Isn't that? Because we didn't talk about this at all. Hmm. Okay. So,
speaking of public declarations of the things of God, right? I think we have something to do today, don't you? There's a young lady in our body who has chosen to be baptized, to declare her Lord to everybody else who will listen. And that is a beautiful thing. So what we're going to do, and, and, and her grandfather has graciously offered to baptize her. So what we are going to do is uh, we're go- I'm going to have Caitlin Ash and Mr. Dietrich go back to your place and begin to change. Uh, I am going to read off our family prayer time during this time, those prayers that we always have for one another. Um, and then when they're ready, they will be, he, he has a few things to say. She will be baptized, and then we are going to sing the joyous choruses of the Lord, right? And so here are a few prayers that I have, I have listed on our app. I'm sure there are more. I would love, hey, Johnny, can you go get the kids? I love you. Thank you. He was, poor guy was probably going to the bathroom. <laughs> and I snagged him. So, sorry. All right, so I've got some prayers. Uh, Nancy forwarded this to me this morning. Dwight Skidmore would like everyone in the congregation, he would like to thank them for their ongoing prayers. He is progressing well, okay? That is wonderful to hear. Uh, Pauline Westlake, I have no update on. I have not been able to find her. Does anybody have an update on Pauline Westlake? No. Okay, call Pauline Westlake, (laughs) I would like to ask for a special prayer for um, the Reefstall family. Um, I've been talking to Deb several times in the last couple days. Uh, Deb is Deb is worn out, and and I think if you know their story, you probably would be too. Um, Keith has been in and out of the hospital. He's currently at OSU. He's on the ICU again. Um, She, she, this is a time where she is scared and she is fearful. And she has asked for a ton of prayers today, quote, a ton of prayers. And I think what would be really amazing is that if you have Deb's phone number in your phone, that you would literally text her right now, right now and say, I am praying for you. I think that would send a whale of a message. Or if you've got Tiffany's, that you would say, I am praying for you. Or Shelby's, I am praying for you. Or if you've got all three, all three. If you have an opportunity to look it up in the directory later and do the same, I recommend that you do that today. They need need to see and know and experience the presence of God in their moment today, right now. And that would be one whale of a blessing. If I'd figured out how to Facebook Live it to her, I probably would have just had us all pray. By next week, I hope to have this figured out. We're working on it. We'll have it by next week. That's the goal, okay? So, hold on. Is it cold? Is it really? The bottom is? Okay, 
It's all right. It's just the bottom. Just swirl your feet around a little bit. It'll warm up. Okay. All right. Are we ready? Are you ready to do this? All right. Did you want to say a few words? There's a microphone right there. I strongly recommend you do not drop it in the water. Good morning. My name is Bob Dietrich. I'm a Caitlin's grandfather. And uh, when she came to my house and uh, she pulled a trick on me, it was a magic trip trick and it showed the answer to the trick was would you baptize me it was very slick very cool and it's just like uh, in the bible i've i've heard from you for years ever since i was a little guy that uh, when somebody accepts christ the the angels rejoice they jam up and down and they they sing and dance and have a wonderful time. Well, when she did that, why I felt like doing the hokey pokey. <laughs> I didn't do it, but <laughs> but I felt like dancing because I was so thrilled that uh, she accepted Christ as her personal savior, and she asked me to be a part of it. So uh, I'm going to ask you people, your church. You are a church, her church family. And uh, you know we all make mistakes. And uh, I want you to keep an eye on this girl. And if she does something that's not quite what Christ would do, you take loving, lovingly, you tap her on the back and, and talk to her about what she did. Because between you and me and my family and her family, we can get this girl to be a light for Christ wherever she goes. Thank you. You want to say it? I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father. I will. I'll rock on. We, all right, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Come on now. Yay! I'm so excited. That's a beautiful thing. One, go, go dry off. You're all wet. Got some songs to sing. We can sing a song or two while they're changing. And then I'm going to have our deacons come up. We're going to lay hands on them. We're going to pray for her. Um, and then I think that's a beautiful way to close. Do you, do you not? It is, it is, it is. So if everybody would stand, that would be incredible. Yes, we're going we're gonna to sing uh, a hymn. Uh, we'll start with one, and we may add another one, depending on how long it takes them to uh, dry off. So in your hymnal, 515, um, sing out those parts. Uh, we're going to do all the verses. Since Jesus came into my heart, can you reflect on when that happened for you? Um, sing it with a great joy and expression of his glory on your face. Since Jesus came into my heart.
What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have light in my soul for which long I have sought since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Floods of joy o'er my soul while the sea billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart, I have ceased from my wandering and going astray. Since Jesus came into my heart, and my sins, which were many, are all washed away. Since Jesus came into my heart, since Jesus came into my heart, since Jesus came into my heart, floods of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart, I shall go there to dwell in that city I know. Since Jesus came into my heart, and I'm happy, so happy as onward I go. Since Jesus came into my heart, since Jesus came into my heart, since Jesus came into my heart, floods of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart. All right, go backwards to hymn number 504. Shackled by his heavy burden. 
can we uh, just sing a cappella? Go back to He Touched Me, the chorus. He Thank you. You may be seated. If I could have the deacons come forward, that would be fabulous. Probably. Well, yeah, here, take that one. And where did Caitlin run off to? Oh, my bad. Why don't we come up, up front? Why don't we go up here? Don't come down. Just stay up. Okay. Here he comes. Yeah, absolutely. Bob, do you want to be up here too? You want to pray with us? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, you're, you're front and center, okay? So that's yours before I forget, okay? Um, and then, Paul, you're going to pray? Let's lay my hands on her and let's pray. We rejoice in the work that you have begun in Caitlin's life, Lord, and we just know that you are faithful to complete that work, Lord, mm. and we just trust you to do that, and we pray that we might uh, unite around her to encourage her and help her in that, Lord, that she might mm. grow strong and grow deeper mm. in her relationship with you. Um, we just praise you and thank you for the decision that she has made and the step that she has taken and for declaring that before us all mm. in baptism. Lord, we just praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Wonderful. I'm good. Everybody will stand up. I'm going to close us in prayer. Father God, what an amazing work we have seen you do today, as you always do. We are mindful that though the world is swirling in chaos around us, to have this example today of someone remembering what really matters is you and that where real strength is found is in you and where love in all of its grandeur comes through you. Thank you for Caitlin. Thank you for her willingness to, to bear her heart and to make this step for you. Thank you. Thank you for Bob being willing to come here and be a part of that as well. And for all the family members that came to visit today to support her, thank you. Lord, we pray that as we leave here today, that you will give us the courage to be your salt and light in the world. To remember that we have an opportunity to show your glory. To show that you are all that you say you are and that you are the answer to not just all of our prayers, but all of the world's needs. Father God, we are grateful. We are thankful for the salvation we have found in you. We are thankful 
for all the love and the mercy and the grace that you show us, whether we deserve it or not. Lord, we are thankful for your ongoing work and your faithfulness in this world. We pray a special blessing upon those today who are sick and those who are tired, those who are in need of your love, those who have been through so much in this world that need to see and feel and know your glory. I pray that we will be your hands and feet, that we will be your salt, that we will be the light in the darkness, that we will be a city on a hill, that we will be your people, shining your love upon all that we touch. It is in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you.